0: Thank you so much, I am so excited to be here with you and I'm excited that I get this opportunity to bring you week two of The Secret Ingredient. And Pastor Corey let the cat out of the bag last week and the secret ingredient for life, love, and leadership is humility. That's right, it's humility. And I have to say that my relationship with humility pretty much is the same relationship I've had with coffee. Because when I was younger, like we didn't grow, I didn't grow up in a house where we drank coffee or anything, so I was probably in my early teens, maybe 15, 16, you know, and I knew that I liked the smell of coffee, like it it seems like it's something that would be good and apparently people drink it all the time, like what is this thing? And then I tasted coffee, it was terrible. why would you want to do this? Why would you want this in your life? It's like bitter. And I, like, I didn't understand it. And so I thought, I don't understand what this coffee business is, why people are so obsessed with it. And then in college, I was working a full-time job and I was going uh, to school and it became a desperation thing. Like, I need something to help me out. I need some energy. I need something. And so I was working a nine to five job and the, afternoon, like the only thing they had in the office was coffee. And so you see other people drinking it. So I went and I got myself a cup of coffee and then I put two packets of hot chocolate mix in it. (laughs) And I was like, this makes it bearable. I'll take it because now I'm desperate. Now I need this. And then I discovered that I really like coffee with lots of sugar and cream, right? Basically, it's sugar and cream with a side of coffee. And I did that for a long time. And then as I got older, I kind of experimented with different kinds of coffee and different ways to have it. We have all these amazing, I love a cafe, good cafe that you can sit down at and I can read and I can write. I love it. And so I've been just experimenting with different ways to have coffee. And over the years, as I've gotten older, I've discovered that it's actually my love of coffee has gotten simpler and simpler that I've been putting less things in my coffee. And now my favorite type of coffee is an Americana, which is basically just water and coffee. And we this is from Tony and just so you know. They make the best Americana. I love their beans. And now coffee is something that is one of my favorite parts of my day. Like I can't wait to get up and have my first cup of coffee. Of coffee and humility for me has kind of been that same journey, that you know I was raised you know in we struggled financially and you would say that somebody came from humble beginnings, um, or they come from a humble place and in as a young lady you would think well that means that they're poor, well I don't want that because that felt insecure to me. Like, I don't want to come from a humble place because I want security, so I'm going to be a success. I'm going to do whatever it takes to get secure, and that means I have to make money because I don't want to come from a humble place. Or, you know, you see people in the world, and it seems like those people who say, well, they're really humble, well, it seems like they just get ran over. And it seems like the people with power are powerful, and they're the ones that put themselves out there. And, you know, the American dream is that we're going to work for it and we're going to get it. We're going to do that. And I was like, all oh, on board for that. That's what I want because I don't know, this humility thing doesn't seem to have any great benefits. And then when I was 19, I was captured by the love of Jesus. He just came into my life and kind of snatched me out from the direction I was going, which I'm so thankful for. And I discovered that humility with God, being humble before God was a really good thing because I need him. I need what God has. Even at 19, I knew I don't got it. Like if I keep going down this road, things are going to end badly, but I, I want what you have for me, God. So I started following Jesus. And as I started to trust him, and as I started to learn about who he was, I could start to let down my guard. But still, as a young person. Humility and pride in my life was kind of like how I drank coffee at the time. Lots of cream and sugar with a side of coffee. I had a lot of do-it-yourself and independence with a side of humility. And you know, if somebody said, hey, maybe you, should be, maybe you should be a little humble about this. I don't know about you, but you kind of go, what does that mean? Does that mean I should be like, I'm sorry more? Does that mean that I should like, think about all my faults all the time. Like, yeah, I should be more humble because I'm really bad about this, this, and this. Is that what that means? And then you just kind of go on with your life and go, God, I need help here, but I don't understand what that means. And then as I've been walking with God and his grace and kindness, he comes to us and he shows us that, well, walking humbly isn't what you think it is. And it's not what the world says it is. I have a whole different idea of it because there's a whole lot of power that comes from humility and the longer I've walked with God. And I don't even think it's something that I necessarily worked on. Like, I'm going to be more humble. Like, that's hilarious because how can you work on it? That's my independence and my, I'm going to make it happen coming through. But because of God's love and his healing in my life and this continual walk that he does, I let down my guard and I go, God, you can have all the power and glory. I don't need none. Like I'm so thankful for what you've done in my life so that over time, just like my coffee, I need less and less stuff in there and more just about me and God. But that's where we are, is this question of what is humility? It's the secret ingredient, but what does it look like? How do we apply it to our lives? When somebody says, you should be a little more humble, what do you think? It seems like it's like, I don't know what that means. What's really great is that as I started walking with Jesus, I started to see how he lived and how he interacted with people. Like he actually only talked about being humble or, or having humility, just in one or two places did it come out of his mouth, but his whole life showed a different way of living. Like, and he changed the world. He literally changed the world, not just for Christians, but for the entire world, because before Jesus came on the scene, being humble was kind of how I thought of it, which is, I don't wanna be that. That's low, I mean, the word means low to the ground. I don't wanna be low to the ground. I don't wanna be low. I want to be secure and strong and happy and healthy in the American dream. If I work hard enough, I can get it. So it's the opposite. But Jesus came along and that's how it was in his world. It was those who you honored, those who had power and you shamed those who didn't. And he came on the scene and he started loving people who had no power. He started lifting up people who were at like, were covered in shame. He interacted with people differently than anybody else did. And he showed us a life of humility. And after he died on a cross, his followers were like, well, that was different. Because, I mean, the Roman cross was the most humiliating way to die in the history of the world. It was all about humiliation. And Jesus went there on purpose. And then he rose from the grave. And then he said, oh, you have new life. But this new life that I have for you, it's a life where humility is powerful, not shameful. It's a different way to treat humanity like I did. Why? We say that Jesus is what God is like. And Jesus came as the son of God with all the power of heaven. And he walked on earth. And then he said, I give it all to you. Let me show you. So after Jesus, about 200 years, Christianity and this belief in who Jesus was and what he did kind of took off, but it just changed not only the people that it impacted, but it changed where people started treating people differently, that they started serving differently differently that they started, the whole orphanages were born, and people who didn't have, we said, let's serve the people who don't have a lot. We're all one community, we're all one family. And so now, humility went from something to be shameful of to something that is actually a different kind of definition. And there is a book called Humilitas, it's a great book, it's like a whole study on humility, historical wise. And this is the definition of Humilitas of, humilitas, of humility in the book, but what it is, it's a picture of what Jesus did for humility because it is how he lived. So I wanna go ahead and we're gonna start there. We're gonna start with, and yes, true, humility is the secret ingredient for life, love and leadership. Before I get to the definition though, I totally forgot and that's okay because what I love is that I don't have to be perfect because it's not about me pulling up my bootstraps, it's about God doing what he wants. So there is a verse that I want, it's our core verse for today, and it's James, and it's in James, and it is James 3.13, and this is what it says. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let them show it by their good life, by their deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. When I was young, I read this verse like this who is wise and understanding among you? I want to be wise and understanding. What's next? Let them show it by their good life, by deeds done in humility that comes from wisdom. And I would read it like this. Let them show it by their good life and their deeds done in humility that comes from wisdom. <laughs> like you don't really know. What is that? Because it was all about doing it. I'm going to do good things. I'm going to do this for God. But he says, Wait, 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 who is wise and understanding among you? If you who doesn't want to be wise and understanding, wisdom definitely is a secret ingredient in life, love, and leadership. I want the wisdom of heaven. If you're wisdom wise and understanding, show it by the deeds done in humility that comes from wisdom. And that's the key of that verse, and that's what we're talking about. This kind of humility, but it's different than what we thought it was. And so Pastor Corey said this last week. He said, it is not possible to become who God meant you to be without humility. And that isn't because of the fact that God is like, I have to crush you in order to build you up. It's more like we're already crushed. We're already broken. And God says, oh, but let me come to you and walk with you and help you become who I created you to be. That is the humility that God comes to us in. And then we get to walk with him. So now, I do want the definition um, of what humility is after Jesus changed the world. He led a humility revolution. This is what it says. This is the definition of humility, the noble choice to forego your status, deploy your resources, or use your influence for the good of others before yourself. Well, that's a different definition, isn't it? It's different because it's the noble choice to forego your status, deploy your resources, and use your influence for the good of others. We see this in this great story that happened in the 1930s. And there is a great example of what this looks like in real life. And so it is, if you'll go with me in your mind, to Detroit in the 1930s. And there were three young boys, three young men, they probably wouldn't appreciate me calling them boys, three young men that got on a bus. And they got on a bus and there was a gentleman in the back of the bus and they just started taunting them. He, they just wanted to pick a fight. And so they insulted him. He didn't react. And so they started insulting, they just upped the ante and they were gonna make their insult worse. And so they just started taunting him and he didn't react at all. And then time came, the bus came to a stop and the man in the back of the bus got up and he was a lot bigger than they expected him to be. And he slowly came over to them, put his hand in his pocket, pulled out a business card, gave it to them and then got off the bus and went on his way. Well, the bus went on and they all gathered around the business card and they looked at it. And it said on it, Joe Lewis, boxer, (laughs) right? These boys were taunting the man who would be the heavyweight champion of the world from 1937 to 1945, nope, 49 to 1949. And this is the man who the international boxing, let me me get it right because I'm going to mess it up. It is the International Boxing Research Organization said that he was the number one boxer of all time. Muhammad Ali is number two. So let's look at the power and status that Joe Louis had. those boys were lucky, weren't they? They were lucky that Joe Lewis knew who he was, and he knew the power that he had, and he chose to forego it, to not prove who he was, but just to deploy his resources to not knock them out with one punch. Those were lucky boys that day. But there's that picture. That's what humility looks like is when you know the power that you have and you choose how you're going to use it. And that's what Jesus did. And we see this throughout his life. I'm gonna tell you three things today to help us understand humility better. And the first one is this, is that humility is born, begins, humility begins by knowing who you are. When we think that humility is thinking less of yourself, That's true in the fact, as long as you're thinking more of others. But sometimes we get stuck at that place where it's just thinking less of ourselves. Because, you know, the enemy would like us to stay in that place. He just doesn't want us to continue to go, I'm going to think less of myself and more about who God created me to be. I want God's thoughts about me. I want to know what he says. Who am I? who am I? And I was 19 when I started following Jesus. And I didn't know who the heck I was, but I totally thought I was. (laughs) I thought I knew it all because I was 18, And I had a plan for my life and I told God, here are my gifts and this is it. We're going to go like this. And God's like, I love you, dear girl. (laughs) Let me help you. Because I didn't know who I was. I really didn't. I was just trying really hard to be someone that was going to be good enough for God. What I discovered is that I don't need to be good enough for God because he is more than good enough for me. And the whole journey of following Jesus is this journey of God helping me discover who I am in him, who he created me to be. Not what my past said that I was or people in my life said who I was or what people want me to be. It's who God made me to be. It's who I am and I'm loved. I'm his child. And you know, God created humanity in his image. And first and foremost, who we are, are loved images of God that are endowed with dignity and humanity, that value just by being human. And it's been lost in a broken world. And Jesus came to restore that. And that's what he did. But Jesus led by example. And so beginning knowing that humility begins with who knowing who you are what Jesus did is he led by example because the first thing that happened in Mark 11 before he started doing things for God was a statement of who he was in God and it was when he got baptized with John the Baptist And so he got baptized, and as he came up from that baptism, this is what he heard a voice, and it's Mark 1 11. It says, and a voice came from heaven. You are my son whom I love with whom I am well pleased. And you know, this was before he did any miracles. And of course, right after this, he was tested. Because when God tells you who you are, often a testing comes in to try to steal that. Jesus came out of that testing and he started preaching that the kingdom of heaven was at hand. He knew who he was. He knew that he was the son of heaven, the prince of heaven, and that God was saying, I love you and I'm already proud of you. So let's go change the world. Let's show them what God is. Let's show them what humility is. Show them my heart for them. He knew who he was. In order for you to really live a humble life and to walk in humility, you gotta know who you are, the power that you have. There was, so Jesus knew who he was, and instead of trying to prove it to everyone, he immediately lent that power and authority to those the world thought was worthless. You see this in Luke 8. And in Luke 8, we have three encounters that Jesus had with people who the world said, they're worthless, they're throwaways, they're just far, you know what, they, you just give up on them because they just, they're done, they're, they're done, they got nothing. The first one was after Jesus calmed the storm, they got in a boat, they went across the Sea of Galilee, they landed and this man came out of the graveyard, naked, screaming. And he had been living there because he was full of demons. And this madman came at Jesus, fell down and said, please help me. And with a word, with a sentence, Jesus said, that unclean spirit needs to go and you're free. Jesus said, I have dignity from God and I'm going to restore your dignity today. And this is what it says that the man responded. It says, the man from whom the demons had gone out begged to go with him. But Jesus sent him away saying this, return home and tell how much God has done for you. So the man went away and told all over town how much Jesus had done for him. That's the picture of humility. Jesus said, I'm gonna take what I have. I'm gonna restore your dignity. The next story, as he left that place, They went into town and the crowd started coming because they knew that Jesus was healing people and they wanted to see it. They wanted to be a part of it. But there was one woman in the crowd who had been bleeding internally for 12 years and the doctors could do nothing. And she was out of money and she was out of hope and there was nobody to help her. And in that culture, she could not go to church. She could not go home. She couldn't be with people until that internal bleeding stopped because she was unclean. And so in a desperate moment, she pushed her way through the crowd. She reached out and she grabbed just the very tip of Jesus's garment. And she felt in her body that she wasn't bleeding anymore. She was healed. And Jesus stopped. He said, who touched me? And you know that she was like, nobody. I'm literally nobody. Could you just just go on? But he wouldn't let it go. Who touched me? And so it says this. Then the woman said, Then the woman, seeing that she could not go unnoticed, came trembling and fell at his feet. Why was she trembling? Because she was afraid. Because she'd lived in rejection for so long in fear that she was afraid that he was going to reject her as well. In the presence of all the people, she told why she had touched him and how. She'd been instantly healed. Then he said to her, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. He knew who he was, but she didn't know who she was. And he called her daughter. It's probably a long time since somebody said, Daughter, go in peace. Go in freedom. You are now restored to community. You're restored to who God has created you to be. Live that way. Live in your identity. He said, I know who I am. Let me show you who you are. The third story happens right after that because Jesus was actually walking through the crowd because the head of the synagogue, his name was Jairus, his daughter was dying. And you know, daughters in that culture, They didn't really hold a lot of value. It's just a girl. Boys have value. Girls don't have value. You know, it's not a loss. I love two things about this story. One of them is that she was valuable to her father, to her earthly father. And he went to Jesus and said, can you, my daughter's dying. Can you come? Can you heal her? And it was when he was on the way that the woman stopped and touched him. And so after that encounter with the woman A servant came from Jairus' house and he said, don't bother the teacher. She died. It's too late. I love what Jesus said to him. He said this, don't be afraid. Just believe. It's not too late. That word believe means to rely on, to trust in, to cling to. You know, he looked that man in the eye and he said, believe in me. It's not too late. And then he went to the house and he pushed the mourners out and he took in the mom and dad. And then he whispered, little girl, get up. And this is what it says. But he took her by the hand and he said, my child, get up. Jesus told them to give her something to eat. I love that Jesus brings someone back to life and he's got the practical feeder. She's hungry. You know, she's well. Jesus used his power, his authority and then he restored those who had none, including a dead girl. The first thing is you got to know who you are. The second thing you need to know about humility is this. Humility is not, let me see how I say it. Humility is a choice, not an emotion. Not only do you need to know who you are, begins with knowing who you are. It is a choice, not an emotion. It is something you choose to do. It's how you choose to live. It's how you choose to respond. It's a choice. It is within your own hands to make that choice. It's not an emotion. It's not about feeling bad. It's not about feeling good. Emotions happen around it, but it is a choice. It has to be willing. And you see Jesus, there was a leper that came to him in Mark. And a leprosy is this a really gross disease that's kind of like it's like being eaten by bacteria from the outside in and your skin falls off and your fingers fall off and it's like what we would consider zombies, really. And this man who had leprosy fell down before Jesus and he said, if you are willing, make me clean. And Jesus says this to him. He reached out his hand and touched the man. That alone was... insane. People were afraid to be contagious. And he said, I am willing. Be clean. Jesus was willing. Taking your power and authority and influence and giving it to someone, it's got to be something you want. It's a choice, not emotion. And the third thing is this. The third thing is that a humility is about actions, not words. Humility is about actions, not words. It's not what you say. It's not what you think. It's what you do. Because when you know who you are and you're willing to do something about it, well, do something. It's social. Living in, in humility is that it is, has to have other people involved in it. It's about giving what you have to help somebody else. That's what a humble life looks like. And Jesus This is another opportunity where Jesus, instead of doing it himself, he brought light to this situation that was happening. And he was sitting across from the temple and there were people that were going by and they were dropping in their offering and they were giving to the temple treasury and he was just watching these people go by. And then he saw this widow, this widow who had lost her husband. She had lost, she was in the later years of her life and all she had, was two little coins, little copper coins. It said they only, all together, it was a couple cents, but she gave it. And Jesus called his followers, his disciples, and he said, I wanna show you something about how God sees people. And this is what he said. Calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, truly I tell you, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. They all gave out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in everything that she had to live on. Because we know that if you have a lot, you can give a lot. And if you have a lot, you should be giving a lot. God's giving you the resources and power and influence to do something in this world. You should use it. But like me and most people, you think, but if I only have a little, what can I do? And God says, oh, no, no. It doesn't matter how much power or gifts or resources or influence you have, because if you give it to God, he can do a lot with a little. It is about action more than words, and it doesn't matter if you have a lot to give or a little to give. The point is that you have what God has given you, and you freely give it to others around you. So that means that humility, we have access all of us have access to it. There is a verse, so after that who is wise and understanding verse, James goes on, and he talks about what wisdom looks like. What is the wisdom from heaven? And this is what he says, James 3.17, but the wisdom from above is first of all pure. It is also peace-loving, gentle at all times, willing to yield to others. It is full of mercy and the fruit of good deeds. It shows no favoritism and is always sincere. And those who are peacemakers will plant seeds of peace and reap a harvest of righteousness. Doesn't that look like Jesus? Like that's what he did. Without favoritism, with full sincerity, he went around and used his power and influence for the good of those who had no power and had no influence. That's humility. And when you become a follower of Jesus and you start walking and learning about him, you start looking like him so your life starts looking like this because that's the work that he does with his love and his mercy and he has it first with us. He is the peacemaker who plants seeds of peace and he certainly reaped a harvest of righteousness and all that word means is right standing with God. That's what righteousness means, you're right with God what Jesus did on the cross was make sure that everyone who wants to be right with God can be. He said, I have paid the cost so you can have peace with God. And when I have peace with God, I'm free to figure out who I am. I'm free to know, God, show me who you created me to be, and then help me walk that out. Not only that, but I know I have a choice. I will want to take what God has given me, and I want to give it to others. Humility is a choice, not an emotion. And then finally, oh, it's about actions. I'm gonna use what little I have, whatever my gifts are. And I'm gonna say, God, you can use it however you want to do this. But it all starts with, do you know who you are? Do you know that you were created with honor and dignity? Has it been stolen from you? If it has, that's what Jesus came to restore, your identity as God's child. That's where it starts. And so I wanna give you an opportunity right now, if you have not done that before, to receive the gift of Jesus. Do you have peace with God? You can, it doesn't matter what you've done, doesn't matter where you come from, doesn't matter what matters is that if you can hear my voice, God died for you. Jesus died for you. The Father sent him so that nothing would separate you from him right now. And so we're gonna say a quick prayer because it's not complicated because Jesus did all the work on the cross. And it's a prayer. If that's you today, you just go, gosh, I don't know who I am. And maybe you've been living the Christian life for a long time and you don't know who you are either. It still starts with Jesus All you have to do is say a prayer like this. Dear Jesus, I need you. I don't know who I am. I thought I did, but I failed and I'm lost and I'm frustrated and I feel like I've lost all my resources. I'm like that tormented man or that sick and shunned woman Or God might have been walking around with a deadness inside of me that I need you to bring back to life. Jesus, I believe you are the son of God and came for me. And I want to receive all you have for me. Thank you that I can walk from this moment on knowing that I am a child of God and that I have a future with you now and for all eternity. In Jesus' name, amen. Maybe today God's given you a new understanding of what humility looks like. I want to challenge you to start living it. I want you to challenge, ask yourself God, what have you given me that you're asking me to give to someone else? I want you to use me to bring your kingdom, your ways, your love, your mercy whether it's a lot or a little, what would it look like if we all started really living this way? It changes the world. And I'm pretty sure that is the point. Thank you guys so much for being here. Thank you for letting me share this wonderful message and my love of coffee with you. And we will see you next week.